I love that song. Thank God I know what He did for me. Amen. I got two of you. Thank God I know what He did for me. Amen. I know where He brought me from. You may not get as excited as I do sometimes, but I know what Jesus brought me out of. I know what He saved me from. And that still excites me tonight. And I pray to God I never get over that. I think too many Christians today are getting over what Jesus done for them. and It's just become something else. And I hear people say all over, well, I've been saved. This is, the, this, is the, this is the thing I hear the most as a young man. I've been saved longer than you've been alive and, and all this stuff. And, 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 and that's fine. That's great. I'm glad you have. But why don't you act like it? Amen? That's what you want to say sometimes. Sometimes I want to say, why don't you tell your face that you've been saved that long? Amen? Because you don't look like it. You're just sitting out there all grumpy and ill. Uh, thank God tonight we're saved, amen, and on our way to heaven. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter number 5 tonight. Luke chapter number 5. I want you to stay with me tonight. We're going to look at this familiar story inside the Word of God. We're going to kind of break it down just a little bit and focus our, our attention uh, kind of elsewhere, but... The story where Peter is out and they're out, they've been out fishing and they've come back and they've washed their nets and Jesus appears and Jesus is going to call them to be fishers of men. Now we all know this story. We've heard this story many, many, many times and we know that's where it all started for some of these that they became fishers of men. But I want to pay attention tonight to, to the actions of Jesus. What Jesus has done in this story, not only to call them to be fishers of men, but but what's taken place? I believe inside of this story, we see a compassionate picture of the Lord Jesus. We see an authoritative picture of the Lord Jesus tonight. I want to give you just simply what the Lord gave me, and then we'll go home. And and, and for for those of us who hadn't ate yet, because I know some of y'all didn't eat, we'll eat. Amen. Luke chapter number 5, when you find your place, verse number 1, would you stand with me tonight? Let's reverence the reading of God's Word. Luke chapter number 5, verse number 1. When you find your place, shout Amen. Amen. The Bible said, And it came to pass, that as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret, now that being the Sea of Galilee. Now watch what he says. And, And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Notice the scripture here real quick. Let me point this out. Jesus says in verse number 4, when Jesus is speaking, you've got to pay attention here. Listen what he says. Launch out into the deep and let down your, what? Nets, plural. Now listen what Peter said. He said, nevertheless, at thy word in verse number 5, I will let down what? The net. See, I believe right there as Christians, we're just like Peter. 
The Lord tells us to do one thing, but we doubt the Lord and we do our thing. Amen? That's what Peter's doing. But now watch, now watch verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. If they would have let down the nets, they wouldn't have had it broke, right? Now, watch now. This ain't even the sermon. This is just good stuff. But, but now watch. And, and they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship and they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him all uh, at the drought of fishes uh, which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed Him. Let's pray. Father, we love You tonight. God, we thank You for Your Word, Lord. God, we pray right now that You'd speak to hearts tonight. God, I pray You'd anoint me one more time, afresh and anew. God, give me the words to say. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, take this vessel, cleanse it of sin. Empty me of self and fill me with your spirit tonight. God, speak to the hearts of your people like only you can. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. How many people have ever heard this story before? It's not an unfamiliar story to us. We know what's taking place, but just by way of introduction, we've got to notice the Scripture tonight. We've got to pay attention to what's taking place and the way that the Scripture is worded here in this day that Jesus has come to the Sea of Galilee. The Bible said He saw two ships standing there and they were empty. The men were not in them. They were washing their nets. These men had had a night where they did not catch a thing. Peter tells us later on when he tells Jesus, he said, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. And here they were during this time giving up. That's a picture of them giving up, walking away, cutting their losses, saying we can't catch anything. And they were washing their nets out. Here, That's an interesting fact in itself. Why would you have to wash a net? You ever thought about that? What were they doing washing nets? Why did they have to wash them? Because they would drag the ground. And this is going to come into play here in just a few minutes now, so pay attention. But they would fish... In shallow areas is where they would like to fish. And when they were out on the Sea of Galilee, they would get into shallow areas where their nets could drag the ground. And they would drag the bottom of the lake there, the bottom of the sea, and they would drag it to catch all these fish. Well, while you're dragging there on the bottom, you're catching a lot of stuff, a lot of debris, a lot of things are getting caught up in the net. That's why they were having to wash their nets. Now, let me just go out on a limb and say this. We've got a lot of Christians that need to be washing their nets. Amen. They've been dragging around for a long time, picking up a lot of bad habits and picking up a lot of things that they don't need to be carrying with them. And they need to wash those things out and get cleaned and get on fire for the Lord again. But here they are washing the nets and Jesus arrives to where they are. Now at this time, the people, the Bible said, are thronging Jesus and they're pressing Jesus because they want to hear the Word of God. They want to hear what this man has to say. 
faith. And Jesus sees the two ships there that were empty. And He goes on to one of Simon's. He steps board onto Simon's boat. Now, I don't think it's by coincidence that He stepped on Simon's boat. I don't think it's by any coincidence that He did that. He knew where He was walking. But as Jesus stepped on board of that boat, it called Simon's attention that somebody now was on His boat. Somebody over there is in His boat. And I began to look at this passage and God began to speak to my heart and open my eyes a little bit more to the Scripture and to what's taking place here. What is taking place here is a great picture of our salvation. It's a great picture of what happened to you and I. Do you know tonight people say, well, I chose to go with the Lord a long time ago. Friend, you never chose God. Thank God He chose to save us. Amen. He found us. I didn't find Him. He found me where I was. And now He finds where Peter's boat is and He steps foot onto the boat. Now, I just about, just, just real quick tonight, I wrote it. I wrote this down today. Number one, I want you to pay attention to is the possession of the ship. Jesus came in and took possession of Peter's ship. He, he, this is this is Simon's boat. This is his boat. This is the way he fishes. This is his stuff. But Jesus stepped on to that most important thing that Simon would carry with him throughout his entire life until the day of Pentecost. Simon was always worried about that boat. If you go back to John chapter number 21, you'll find that even after Simon has followed the Lord and seen Jesus, do great and mighty things. He still goes, he still walks away and goes back out into the lake and gone fishing again. He gets back out there on that boat. That was his prized possession. And Jesus now is possessing the ship. He's taking it over. And Peter realizes that there's somebody on board the ship that's greater than he is. He realizes that there's somebody on board his ship that's holier and mightier than he is. Somebody on board the ship now has a better title than what Peter does. Do you remember the night, child of God, that he possessed your heart? Do you remember the night that Jesus stepped foot into your life and possessed your life and took it over? I'm glad tonight that there's somebody greater than me taking my life on. I'm glad there's somebody greater within me, the Bible says. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. I'm glad for the night that he possessed my life and took it over as His. I'm glad for the day when I didn't know what to do and I was cutting my losses and I didn't know where to go. I'm glad Jesus showed up and stepped foot on my ship and got me to where I am today. See, Christians ought to shout glory right now because you were on your way down the wrong road. You were on your way to walking away. But aren't you glad that when you were getting ready to give up, when you were getting ready to quit, that Jesus stepped foot into the boat. I'm glad for the day that He took my life over and became captain of my life. Peter walks on board now and there's somebody in this boat. 
somebody greater. You see the authority of Jesus in this picture. You see Jesus' authority here. That He had the authority to look at the captain of the ship and say, "I take me out just a little bit, I pray thee. It's what the Bible said. He told him to cast out just a little bit. Now hold on. Most of us would say, hold on Jesus. This is my life. Have you ever heard anybody say, it's my life. I'll live it how I want to live it. Well friend, that's not living by the Word of God. When you get saved and you get right with God, you don't live how you want to live anymore. You live how He wants you to live now. He's the captain of the vessel. He's the one that tells us what to do and where to go. And He possessed the ship to show His authority. I'm glad that God has the authority over all men today. There is no president. There is no king. There is nobody that's greater than our God. He is God all by Himself. And beside Him there is none other. He is the authority of this world. I don't worry about what the White House is going to do. I don't worry about what Congress and South Carolina is going to do. I don't serve them anyway. I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the captain of my vessel. He's getting me to where I need to go. As long as Jesus is driving my ship, I'll make it to where I'm going. Amen. Y'all didn't get that. As long as Jesus is driving my ship, I'll get to where God wants me to go. But so many of us want to drive our own boat. So, So many of us want to do what we want to do. We won't let Jesus take possession. Jesus don't want just some of your life. He wants all of it. Notice He didn't tell Peter, I'll take your nets and fill them up. He wanted the whole boat. He wanted the whole ship. Jesus don't want just parts of your life. He, Jesus don't just want Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. He wants every single day of the week, every calendar day of the year. That's what He wants from us. is for Him to possess our life, for our life to be in His hands. And as long as I'm in the hands of Jesus. As long as I'm right there with Him, He's the pilot, He's the captain, I will get to my destination. Y'all remember that old song, The Old Ship of Zion? My daddy used to walk around the house singing it all the time. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it, man. Because he'd sing it all the time. Most of the time I think he'd stand at my door just to sing it to make me mad. Because I hated it. I told my, I, I, just, I just didn't like it. But I, I started to realize once, once my, once my dad passed and, and I started to realize the meaning of the song and, and I found myself singing it a lot and I found myself getting, getting in tune with that song and I, I liked that third verse of that song. It talks about at the stern of the ship was the captain. I could hear as he called out my name, get on board, it's the old ship of Zion. It may never pass this way again. Can you imagine when he got on board of Peter's boat? I feel I got Holy Ghost bumps on me right now. Can't you imagine when he stepped foot on Peter's boat and Peter came toward the dock area? I can hear him say, Simon, come on, get on board. Hey, this ship's leaving. It may leave without you. I'm glad when I was a little boy that Jesus called out my name. Aren't you glad tonight for the day that he possessed your life, that he called out your name and you're still
step foot on the old ship of Zion to sail away from my God to sail away from everything you've ever known that's the authority of God I don't have to worry about the wind I don't have to worry about the waves Peter will find out soon enough that he's the master of the sea Peter will find out soon I feel like preaching Peter will find out soon enough that he's the wind talker he's the water walker he's the life saver Peter will find out and say what manner of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey him I don't have to worry about where I'm going as God be for me who can be against me I've got everything I need on my side as long as the Lord is possessing my ship as long as I'm living my life for him I will be just fine Peter recognizes the authority of God Peter gets on board with him well, you better get on board tonight. Amen. I'd hate for you to get left. Peter gets on board. But you, you see the actions of Jesus. Now watch this now. Uh, watch this. He, he tells him, he says, press out a little bit. Press out a little bit. Press out right here. Now he got him out there. Now you got to follow me. Don't you dare miss this. The Bible said he got out just a little bit from shore. And he began to teach. Right there's where God smacked me today. Listen, it's right there in our fishing area. That's where he took Peter. He took him to his fishing area. Just, just press out a little bit from shore. Just get out into the shallow ground. Get out here into the shallow water. And Jesus began to teach him there. Sometimes uh, it's right there in everyday life uh, that Jesus is trying to teach us uh, and instruct us. Uh, my God, I feel the power. Uh, it's right there in everyday life uh, that we neglect to see Him. Uh, see, we want to see Jesus show up in, in pillars of fire. We want to see Him show up in the thunder and in the lightning but sometimes it's just in everyday life that Jesus is trying to instruct us and to teach us and to further us along. He said Peter I'm going to let you sit right here and I'm going to let you listen to me teach for a while right here in your comfort zone his actions were to teach. His actions wasn't just to take authority of Peter's boat. It wasn't just to take authority of the ship but it was to instruct Peter after he took authority. God did not save you just to leave you. God did not save you just to stay where you are. God saved you so he can instruct you and teach you and further you along and prepare you for what's coming next. But so many of us want to get stuck right there in salvation. We've got to go further in our salvation. We've got to keep walking with God. We've got to keep listening to God. That's why I believe that the church is is important. Forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Because it's here that He's going to instruct, that He's going to teach, that He's going to further us along. It's here that Jesus not only wants to take possession of the boat, but His actions are to teach you and to instruct you and to help you along life's way. He's trying to get Peter prepared. He said, I took possession of the ship and now I want you to listen to me teach a little while. I want you to get this, Peter, because you're going to need it sometime in your life. Don't you know? 
know that Jesus spent a lot of time instructing the disciples. One verse in the New Testament said that, that He spake not without a parable unto the, unto the people. But when He spoke to His disciples, it said that He expounded on those parables and broke them down to them. Hey, they were some unlearned men. Amen. They didn't know what they were doing. They were smart in the world, but they didn't have a clue here. And Jesus expounded to teach them to further the kingdom of God. And then He goes to Peter and there's one night that He's talking to Peter and He said, Simon, Simon, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail thee not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Jesus is trying to teach Peter that there will be tough times. There will be hard times in your life. There will be tough things that come. But He said, I've prayed for you. You say, preacher, He ain't prayed for us. Well, friend, let me remind you. The Bible said we have an intercessor. We've got somebody that goes to the Father on our behalf. And His name is Jesus. Jesus is there to be our intercessor. When He talks to the Father for us, He's doing the same thing that He did for Peter. He said, I've prayed for you, Peter. I want you to understand that there's, there's things you gotta do. There's ways you gotta act. There's a life that you have to live. And, and can I ask you this tonight? Are you where you need to be with Christ? Are you where you need to be? Do, 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 do you dive into the Word? Do you try to let Him instruct you and to teach you and to further you along? Or have you just got comfortable right where you are? See, a lot of us has got comfortable just right where we are. We don't care about serving. We don't care about none of that stuff. Because most of the time when the preacher begins to talk about serving God through serving the church, everybody in the house shuts him down. I don't need y'all to amen me, amen. I, that, that's all right. That's all right. But when the preacher starts talking about we need people to volunteer in nursery, we shut him down. When we need people, Josh, to sing in the choir, to get up and come to choir practice, to take your Sunday afternoon nap and cut it a little short so you can come and sing to the one that possessed your life when you didn't deserve it. No, we got to shut them down. Well, y'all already ain't saying this. I'm just going to throw this one in there too. When the preacher starts talking about tithing and giving to the church, we shut him down. No, we don't, preacher. I just watched half y'all's faces a minute ago when I told y'all to give. They, nobody will make eye contact with you right before you talk about tithing. You know why? Because we shut it down. We think it's all about the preacher. He's money hungry. He's all money hungry. He's all about money all the time. No, that ain't it at all. The preacher's trying to get you in obedience with God. Because the Bible says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. (laughs) Y'all keep quiet all you want to. I'm going to keep on rolling. 
He's trying to lead you in obedience through the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's trying to get you faithful through the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's trying to get your service so you'll be in obedience of the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. But many of us will sit on the boat and never listen to a word that's said. You may hear me, but you ain't listening to me. Amen. Tell my son that all the time. Son, you heard what I said, but you ain't listening. Well, he said, what's the difference? There's a big difference. When you listen, you hear what I say and put it into action. But you, most of us come and sit in churches and we hear the preacher all day long. But we never listen. Peter, I'm not just going to take possession of the ship. I'm going to teach you a little while. And I'm going to show you something right here in your comfort zone. Wouldn't you rather God show you something in your comfort zone in here on a comfortable pew while the air's on and the light's on than God gets you in the valley of your life to have to teach you something? I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather God teach me something in the house, amen, than teach me something down in the valley. Lord, show me now. And He's trying to show Peter. I'm trying to show you something here in your comfort zone before we go any further. You say, preacher, what's He going to do? That brings me to number two. I want you to see the position of the ship. We've seen the possession of the ship, but now watch the position of the ship. Now watch what Jesus says to him. Now when He had left speaking, verse number four. When he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Pause. You said do what? He said launch out into the deep. Peter said, but Lord, he said let down your nets for a draw to fishes. He said let down your nets to go fishing. Oh, Peter, Peter's confused now. Lord, you just had me in the fishing area. I was just where I needed to be fishing. You don't catch much stuff out there in the deep. See, it's, it's, I'm about to preach to you. I'm feeling good now. It's, it's, it's in the shallow waters that you catch a lot of the schools of fish. Do you know that? It's there in the shallow waters where you're going to catch the fish schooling together. And so there's more fish. That's more money. Amen. That's more food. That's where they like to stay in the shallow waters to catch more fish. But God's saying, go out into the deep. Press on out into the deep. And Peter don't understand what the Lord's saying to him. He don't understand what the Lord wants him to do. And and that's us many times in our life when God's trying to place us. He's trying to place us somewhere that we never thought we should be. He's trying to place us in situations that we don't know much about handling. And we know Peter don't know nothing about handling the deep water because every time the disciples got in a storm, Peter didn't know what to do because they were out in the deep. Well, sometimes God is pushing you out into the deep He's trying to press you out further. He's trying to get you to further for His kingdom. And many of us will not listen to the direction of the Lord. He's directing the boat. He's driving. He's captain of that ship. It don't matter if Peter sat down. That ship's going to move anyhow. You think about it. All through history. Now I'm feeding you tonight now. But all through the history that Peter had known up to this date, 
men like Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, men like Noah. You ever studied the ark? You ever deeply studied the ark? The ark is a great picture of the Lord Jesus before He comes. It was built with gopher wood. Do you know that gopher wood was said to be the strongest wood that there ever was? That the, I feel good. That the storms couldn't damage the gopher wood. That the winds couldn't damage the gopher wood. Hey, I know another and that sounds like a man. He's built that he has not been beaten. Cancer has not, cancer has not damaged him. Sickness ain't damaged him. Hey, but then, then the Bible said that he, he told Noah. He said, Noah, he said, seal the ark with pitch within and without. That pitch was a substance that would not allow water to seep through. It was a thick substance. It would spread as the heat come. It would spread. You say, preacher, how is that a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's a picture of the blood that He that He filled us within. And He fills us without. He changes our life. And He, he prepares us. He prepares us. Do you know that sin can't cross the bloodline? Sin can't go through the blood. Amen. That's why the Bible says in the New Testament, I'm feeding you right now. Keep up. Hey, that's why the Bible said in the New Testament, it says this, that we're not under the law but we're under grace that sin does not have dominion over you for you're not under the law but you're under grace and the Bible said where sin did abound grace did much more abound he said for the blood because the blood's applied hey there's grace there that's a picture of the Lord but then it goes on even further and do you know that there was not a single steering wheel on the ark There wasn't a steering wheel on it nowhere. How'd he steer the boat? He didn't. Because he wasn't driving. Y'all missed it. He wasn't driving the boat. God was driving the boat. He was floating on faith, baby. He was just riding on faith. Just knowing that God was going to get him where he needed to go. And Peter up to this point knew that. He knew that God protected Noah. He knew that by faith Noah did these things. And that all he needed going into the deep was faith. You say, preacher, what's that mean for me? There's some of you tonight. You've watched brothers and sisters and people walk through valleys of their life. But you've watched them walk by faith and come Come out on the other side. So when you get in the valley, don't doubt your faith. Don't doubt your God. Don't doubt His power. If God is driving your vessel, if God is driving your boat, you'll come out on the other side. The direction of the Lord was go to the deep. But now, now watch, now watch, now watch, now watch. We see the divine power of the Lord when they got into the deep. He said, cast down your nets. Peter cast down the net. And he began to drag. You know why Peter cast down a net and not nets? Because he's just like us. He's human. And he doubted the very power of God. How many times has God told you to do something and we've done it halfway because we wanted to make sure I got a fallback plan. And I, you know what I'm saying? I got something to fall back on too in case this don't work. You know what I mean? See, y'all see, y'all act like y'all ain't never done that. Y'all line up in here. 
He always makes sure that we got something to fall back on. Peter casts one net out. And the Bible said that the draw, the draw to fishes, the draw to fishes was so big that it broke the nets and that Peter had to call some, the other boat in, the other ship in to help him grab the fish. You say, preacher, what are you trying to tell me? See, it's in the shallow water that you'll catch the little schools of fish, but it's in the deep water that you catch the big fish. Amen. It's out there in the, hey, hey, whales, big old whales don't swim in the, in, in the shallow water. They swim in the deep water. The big fish swim in the deep water. I don't understand why God's got me out here. And I don't understand why I am where I am. But I'm looking for a big fish. Amen. I'm looking for a big blessing to come my way. I don't understand why my body's sick. And I don't understand why I have to go through this pain. And I don't understand why I have to go through this torment. You better cast down the net, honey. Because there's coming a big fish your way. It's in the deep water that we find the biggest fish. It's in the deep water that we find... I'm the power of God. If I've ever experienced the power of God, it's been in the deep. It's been when I didn't know what to do and I didn't know where to go. But when I got to that deep water, God started providing. It's out there in the deep when God will show you His power. I didn't understand why I had to leave my church. I didn't understand it. Matter of fact, for a while there, I got mad, man. I was mad. You hear me? I was mad at God. I was mad for the situation He was putting me in. Because I say this a lot, but I was going into the unknown. I was going into, I, I, I'm used to the shallow water, God. You know, I'm used to it right here. The church is growing. We're seeing people saved. I mean, we was up 200 and sometimes 2 plus. The church got flooded. And uh, uh, one of the pipes in the bathroom burst one night and flooded the church. And we found it at 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And the church, if you, I got pictures on the phone. You can see it. The church is covered in about an inch of water all the way to that, that one little toilet plug. That one little fresh water thing filled up 4,000 square feet. My pews were buckled. I mean, everything was a mess. And I come into the church having to lift my pants up, walking in water. And the deacon called me. He said, Preacher, there's water running out the front of the church. This is 930 on Sunday morning. And I said, God, I don't know what to do. My Lord, I'm 30 years old. I don't even know how to pastor. What do I do now? I mean, the sanctuary is flooded. I can't have people coming in here like this. I mean, we can't sit in water. For a second, I said, we're going to call off service. We just got to call it off. You know, we can't go in the sanctuary. And I walked into the gym. I stood there in the gym, and I was calling one of my, one of my fellows. He was like my right-hand man, and I was calling him. I was going to say, meet everybody outside and tell them we're going to cancel. And I got in the gym and I got to looking around. Jim was a wreck, man. They had just had a baby shower in the gym, tables everywhere. And I looked at him and I said, you got 45 minutes to get this gym set up 
for church. Get the sound, get the portable sound system, get the speakers set up, get the choir, get a choir set up, get all the chairs out. Whatever you got to do, you got 45 minutes to get it ready. Then meet everybody outside and push them into the gym. We started having church in that gym. That morning we had 215 people show up in that gym. We didn't even have enough chairs for everybody. We people were standing up around the gym. That morning the power of God fell. There's water in the sanctuary, man. It's just sitting there. The power of God fell and six souls got saved that morning in the gym. And while we were out in the gym not knowing what to do, I ain't never dealt with an insurance company on something big like that. And I'm trying to handle all this stuff. Don't have a clue. I'm out in the deep water. While we're in the gym, God is just pouring into that gym. We had to order more chairs. We had to get the pews out, take them to the gym. God was just piling on. You know why? Because sometimes it's in the unknown part of life that God will bless you the best. And so, in the midst of all that, that's when God told me to leave. God had told me to leave in March, and I didn't listen. I stayed in the shallow water. I said, God, this can't be right. Lord, this can't be right. You know, if I was in another state, or if I was something else, Lord, you can't be calling me to evangelism in South Carolina. This can't be right. And I stayed. That was March. In July is when the church flooded. And God started, He kept speaking to me. And the night that the church flooded, I got to the church at 9.30 that morning. And I left the church at 10 o'clock that evening. We had Serve Pro come in. We had to cancel night service. But I, I remember, we had just built a, uh, an addition to our building that wrapped around. I was in the new building. And I was laying down on the floor. When I was pastoring, most people would find, I'd lay down on the floor to... Of the foyer. I'd lay down on the floor. People would walk right by me. Say, bye, preacher. And I'd be laying on the floor. I was laying on the floor of the new building. I was just laying back there staring up. And God was telling me, son, you got to go. You got to go. I said, God, I got to finish this. We get the sanctuary done. We've remodeled. We've done the altar new. We've got new stage. We've got new furniture. We've got new everything. New sounds, I mean, everything. This place is looking immaculate. We opened it up for Sunday morning service. Had 160 people on that Sunday morning. Where'd the 215 go? And all of a sudden it started. God said, son, you got to get out. I left in December walking out into the deep water not having a clue. Not having a clue where I was going. And that brings me to point number three and we're done. The prom, <clears throat> the promise in the ship. When they pulled the fish back in, Jesus told them. He said, fear not. Notice what he said. Fear not. Fear not. For now you'll catch men. Matthew records and others record it as you will be fishers of men. He said, fear not. You think this is something. Just wait till you see what I do out there. You think it's big out here? Wait till I see what, wait till you see what I do with you out there. Wait till you see. Now Jesus gives them that promise and he tells them not to fear. He tells them not to worry. He said, just follow me. Just follow me. Jesus is favoring these men because he's got enough confidence in them to take them to the unknown, to take them somewhere else. Aren't you glad tonight that when Jesus speaks to you, He's got enough confidence in you to take you somewhere you ain't never been before. 
I heard a man put Job in perspective for me one day and he preached this thought. He said that Job suffered his life because God had faith in Job. And he looked out and he said, does God have faith in you? He favored these men, but watch what they did. The Bible said they forsook all. Do you you understand that? They put everything behind them. Said, I'm going forward for Jesus. Well, I had to get to that place. I resigned the church on December the 4th, 2013. 13. Man, it's been a long time, it seems like. December the 4th on a Wednesday night, 2013, and I walked into church on a Wednesday night. And I used to, it wasn't nothing for me to come in. They would be singing, and I'd come running in the back door because I'd been at the hospital or something. I'd come in late that night, and I walked down the side. And I walked up on stage, and I told them I needed to talk to the church. And I sat there that night to 175 people on a Wednesday night. And with every ounce of strength I had, resigned. I told Preacher Todd when I resigned, I said, walking in those doors that night, Walking in those double doors of that sanctuary felt no different than the day I walked in for my father's funeral. It was that meaningful to me. And I stood there and resigned that night and I walked out. I had some men come out with me. And I got in my car. My wife looked over and she said, What are we going to do now? I said, I ain't got a clue. Where we're going to live? Ain't got a clue. When we going to move? I don't know because I don't know where we're moving to. God was leading me somewhere and I had to understand that I had to forsake all my pride and I had to forsake all this stuff. I had to forsake all my fear. I had to forsake all my doubt. I had to forsake all that stuff and just follow after the Lord. God began to open up doors for us to get a house and, and all this stuff. Not only did they forsake Him, watch what it said. They, they forsook all and followed Him. I've got a buddy of mine that's an evangelist. He's an independent Baptist. He's, he's, he's busy. He's busy, busy, busy. And I said, maybe if I can kind of pattern a ministry kind of like he's got it, it's working for him. Maybe if I can just do that, maybe I can follow him and follow what he's doing. God reminded me, son, I didn't call you to follow him. I called you to follow me. And see, there's a lot of us tonight we're trying to follow others and we're trying to measure ourselves based on everybody else. We try to measure our faith and our abilities based on what other people do. We try to measure our church growth and everything else on what the church down the road's doing or what these people... And it's not about that. God never called us to follow another church. God never called us to follow a man. God called us to follow Him. And tonight, the biggest thing you can do if Jesus has possessed your ship is to follow in His footsteps. 
And as I began to follow the Lord and, and just follow Him and trust Him, man, that first year was scary to death. Come on, come on, sis. That first year was scary to death. You, I'm talking about scared out of my mind. You know, every time the end of the month was coming up, I'm, I'm shaking because I don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill. And I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm shaking because I don't know if we're going to be able to pay rent. You know what I mean? I'm scared out of my mind. And I would find myself sitting in my house depressed and trying to come up with ways that, that this ministry would make it. God, what do I need to do? You know, I, mean, I can't be sitting here at the house. I mean, I, I'd tell my wife when she'd come home, I'd say, man, I feel worthless. I feel useless. I can't just be sitting here at the house. I can't do it. I, I, I'm supposed to be out there preaching. A week after week would go by. I'd say, Lord, i got to come up with something to make this ministry grow. And I remember praying. And one afternoon, I was just... I was feeling sorry for myself. Man, I was just down and out. And I remember praying and God said, Son, when you stop trying to follow everybody else, and when you stop trying to come up with gimmicks and stuff like that to do, and follow me, I'll lead you where you need to go. And now I look back over that last year, that first year, we're coming up on two years in, I look back over that first year and I say, man, God, God has blessed so much in a year. Last year, I'm sitting at home wondering what in the world I'm going to do. This year, I'm worried about not seeing my family enough. I got a lady. I'm going to tell you this and we're going to close. I got a lady and a man in my life that that are... uh, they become like second parents to me. And they live in Conway. And I was down a few weeks ago and I had my phone out. And I was supposed to be on a little hiatus. Nobody was supposed to know. It was just a couple of days. I was getting away from everything, taking the kids to swim. You know, just nobody knows. I'm gone, you know. And I'm out there and I've got my phone out. A preacher calls and He's booking a revival. I'm looking at my calendar. Then another preacher calls and he's booking a date and I'm looking at my calendar. And finally, my, I call her my other mama. She come up and she sat down. She said, give me the phone. She took the phone and she clicked on my calendar. She looked and everywhere you see a blue line, Josh does my website. He sees it. You know, we add to it, but everywhere you see a blue line, that's dates that I'm preaching and she started flipping through. And she went up here and she did something I didn't even know you could do. She went back one year. She went back one year. And I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm going back one year to July 2014, June 2014, May 2014. And she got to May. Not one thing. Not one stinking thing in the month of May. And boy, I just got to sitting there thinking how good God's been. You know, there's preachers out there that's way better than I'll ever be. More knowledgeable. 
Your pastor is way more knowledgeable than I'll ever be. But thank God that He can use somebody as small as I am. He can use somebody like you. He can use somebody like me. I'm no different than anybody in this room. That's just a T. If God can use Peter, if God can use me, God can use everybody in this room to make an impact for Christ. But the only one thing we got to do, the main thing we got to do, is follow Him. Follow Him. As you stand to your feet tonight, I hope I helped you tonight. I hope that helped me today. and Maybe that was just for me. You know, maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was just for me tonight. But I will tell you this. God's provided some of the biggest things for me, for my family, and for my ministry. I've seen stuff preaching. God's allowed me to see stuff that blows my mind. Some days I just get to thinking, man, who am I that God would want to use people like us? But all He wants you to do is follow Him. That's it. Just follow Him. At the end of Peter's life in John chapter number 21, Jesus comes by and He looks at Peter. This is after the resurrection, before the ascension. Jesus comes by and stands on the shore where Peter was fishing. He calls Peter to shore. Jesus says this to Peter. He said, follow thou me. Two times he told him to follow him. The first words Jesus ever spoke to Peter and the last recorded conversation that we have between Jesus and Peter, Jesus says, follow me. There's something to it tonight, folks, if we just follow Christ. Maybe tonight you need to come and maybe you just need to tell the Lord, Hey, Lord, I've been kind of battling against you. Lord, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Wherever you lead me, I'm going to go. Whatever we go through, I'm I'm, I'm just going to follow you, God. I'm going to renew my commitment tonight. If I ain't told you in a long time, God, I'm following you. I'm right here. I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Lord, just show me, just lead me, just guide me. Amen. As Josh sings tonight, maybe you need to come. Maybe you want to pray. Maybe you want to tell God thank you for what He's done so far. Maybe God's brought you through through some deep waters. Maybe God's blessed you out there in the deep waters. Maybe there's been some times you didn't know how you was going to make it, but God saw you through. Maybe you just need to come and thank Him a little bit tonight. Go ahead, Josh.